once a private opinion, and when it shall be a private opinion again, it will solve the problem of the age. The fact narrated must correspond to something in me to be credible or intelligible. We, as we read, must become Greeks, Romans, Turks, priest and king, martyr and executioner, must fasten these images to some reality in our secret experience, or we shall see nothing, learn nothing, keep nothing. What befell Osdrubal or Caesar Borgia is as much an illustration of the mind's powers and deprivations as what has befallen us. Each new law and political movement has meaning for you. Stand before each of its tablets and say, Here is one of my coverings. Under this fantastic or odious or graceful mask did my proteus nature hide itself. This remedies the defect of our too great nearness to ourselves. This throws our own actions into perspective, and as crabs, goats, scorpions, the balance, and the water-pot lose all their meanness when hung as signs in the zodiac, so I can see my own vices without heat in the distant persons of Solomon, Alcibiades, and Catiline. It is the universal nature which gives worth to particular men and things. Human life, as containing this, is mysterious and inviolable, and we hedge it round with penalties and laws. All laws derive hence their ultimate reason. All express at last reverence for some command of this supreme, illimitable essence. Property also holds of the soul, covers great spiritual facts, and instinctively we at first hold to it with swords and laws and wide and complex combinations. The obscure consciousness of this fact is the light of all our day, the claim of claims, the plea for education, for justice, for charity, the foundation of friendship and love, and of the heroism and grandeur which belong to acts of self-reliance. It is remarkable that involuntarily we always read as superior beings. Universal history, the poets, the romancers, do not in their stateliest pictures, in the sacerdotal, the imperial palaces, in the triumphs of will or of genius, anywhere lose our ear, anywhere make us feel that we intrude, that this is for our betters. But rather is it true that in their grandest strokes we feel most at home. All that Shakespeare says of the king, yonder slip of a boy that reads in the corner, feels to be true of himself. We sympathize in the great moments of history, in the great discoveries, the great resistances, the great prosperities of men, because there law was enacted, the sea was searched, the land was found, or the blow was struck, for us, as we ourselves in that place would have done, or applauded. So is it in respect to condition and character. We honor the rich because they have externally the freedom, power, and grace which we feel to be proper to man, proper to us. So all that is said of the wise man by Stoic or Oriental or modern essayist describes to each reader his own idea, describes his unattained but attainable self. All literature writes the character of the wise man. All books, monuments, pictures, conversation are portraits in which he finds the lineaments he is forming. The silent and the loud praise him and accost him, and he is stimulated wherever he moves, as by personal allusions.
A wise and good soul therefore never needs look for allusions personal and laudatory in discourse. He hears the commendation not of himself, but more sweet, of that character he seeks. In every word that is said concerning character, yea, further, in every fact that befalls, in the running river and the rustling corn, praise is looked, homage tendered, love flows, from mute nature, from the mountains and the lights of the firmament. These hints, dropped as it were from sleep and night, let us use in broad day. The student is to read history actively and not passively, to esteem his own life the text and books the commentary. Thus compelled, the muse of history will utter oracles, as never to those who do not respect themselves. I have no expectation that any man will read history aright who thinks that what was done in a remote age by men.